0: everybody and welcome to Girls Run These Worlds, our amazing episode of Community Cleric Tonight with Pooja. I'm so excited uh, to have her here.
1: And I'm so excited to be here.
0: Yeah! Uh, I, I start uh, by acknowledging that I live in Mi'kma'ki. This is the traditional unceded territories of the Mi'kmaq people. I'm from Nova Scotia, Canada, uh, and I am privileged to live, love, learn and grow here on this land. Uh, and we are treaty people here in Mikmaki. Uh, I want to introduce Pooja, who is, um, like, doing all the things. I think is the fairest thing to- Too many things. I don't know about that. I don't know if I'll agree with that. But, you know, you you live your own truth. Um, I, yeah. I like all the things. Uh, you are doing um, two, char- you've just finished two, like, back-to-back charity nights. Mm-hmm. In addition to the other games and streams and the other stuff, and then the the AAPI month stuff that's coming up, I know you're going to be yeah. on a panel with our very own Anne, who runs our Regency Remixed game. Um, yeah. You're doing all the things. How, it, how,
1: there's so many things to do.
0: <laughs> how do you learn to how do you well i'm gonna i I will ask like how do you pick projects how do you say no to stuff that's like super do you say do you say no to stuff i don't
1: so uh what one at a time how do i pick projects Uh, so in the beginning when i started out i was just i mean it was I really picked up what I was doing in virtual tabletop in during the pandemic, like a lot of people did because, you know, I wasn't going anywhere. Um, And so at that point, it was just like, the more I can pile onto my calendar, the better because I literally never had anything to do in the evenings. And um, now I am trying to be a little bit more conscientious about the games that I play. Uh, One of the things. I require, like, so I don't have an issue in terms of the, the the gender spread of any of the games I'm in. I just, I think it's one of those things where, like, the community that I have built is very diverse in terms of gender. So that's not a huge concern, but uh, I do make sure now that if at all possible, unless I've already pre-committed to things or it's something that I've been involved in since the very beginning, like, I won't take new projects until, unless there is more than just myself um on the table who's not a white person right so i require at least um it's just a it, it, it's it's a comfort thing yeah. it's it and it's honestly it's not difficult and so i want to make sure that everybody involved is aware that they need to do the bare minimum
0: right which is and not just so, one
1: the bare minimum which is not just more one, than one for more sure. than one yeah yeah um so that well but luckily uh i I play with a lot of people who feel the same way and so I'm happy to say that it's very rare for me to have to bring that up to somebody new cuz you what I love about how the community is moving is now when folks do approach about projects or I do apply to projects they're pretty they're either very upfront about their commitment to diversity or and if somebody is messaging me they say hey by the way you will not be the only person of color in this game and they'll say that off the bat and if not just offer all the people that they're looking to play with and so that adds a lot of comfort level so that that's kind of how i in terms of requirements the only thing i have right now um and as for saying no that one's a really difficult one for me um i'm very good at saying no in my day job but it's hard to just not be like oh my god they want me uh when it comes to this stuff and say no even though you know you kind of have to at some point for your own like mental health um i'm still learning that and uh it's hard which is how you know i've was it this this month was basically the wor- the month of over commitment for me, but we're coming to the end of that. That's and
0: are are you not going to like dive into Pride Month with like uh, agreeing to everything?
1: Well, I already have like a couple of long term campaigns, and I haven't picked up anything. Like, I think I will do one shots and things as they come up, but I haven't committed to like a four week arc to anything yet because that's what i find myself too trapped in is that like a lot of these like charity streams and one shots come up and then i'm like oh no but i'm already in a six-week thing and then like all the six-week things pile up and then it's just it's chaos and uh for me the other thing that i'm doing right now is i'm kind of letting myself go wild with as many streams as I can because uh my fiance is on the other side of the planet and once she gets here that's not going to be a thing that I can do as much so I'm just like you know what I'm getting it all out of my system playing as much as I want and then I will I will want to and need to pull back later in the year
0: does she play
1: she does not play because uh her introduction to tabletop has mostly been watching actual play streams and she's just like yeah, I'm not an actor, I'm not, I'm not an improviser, like, I think, but I will be playing two-player P- two RPGs with her when I can finally, like, sit her down long enough. I haven't been able to do it remotely yet, but in person, I will, I will get my chance. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh, well, um, I love what you said about making sure that you're not the only person of color. Uh, that has been so critical Um our our founders here on girls run these worlds i'm one of four and i'm the Mm -hmm. only palm colored person that's my favorite tiktok (laughs) saying so far i'm i've heard that one isn't that good like
1: that's a good one that's
0: like real that's my favorite although i mean
1: i'm pretty close to the color of my palm
0: that's okay that's fair i'm I'm a i'm a i am a
1: light-skinned brown woman though sure sure. (laughs)
0: Uh, I am, but I am the only, um, Manella Envelope is the other one that I really like. I am the only um, palm-colored founder. It's three other women of color. um, Nice. And listening to them and listening to so many other people speak clearly about those experiences uh, on Twitter made us, in our casting process, we go through a three-stage casting process. So we get people to fill out the casting form Uh
1: are
0: the creator the gm storyteller whomever it is looks through with us because we're Uh looking across like channel diversity making sure people are comfortable with each other and we're kind of keeping an eye on that they are casting their specific you know limited series of whatever they want when they have figured out who they want we reach out we say are you available for these dates if so we're asking for a soft commitment Once everybody has agreed to that, we're going to send you the list of the rest of the cast so that you know who else has agreed. You can do your own vetting. You can make sure that you're comfortable with them. And then once we get a confirmed cast, we'll bring everybody into Discord and get started. Um, That makes sense. And that has been so good for everybody. Like, everybody has really appreciated that. Taking away that fear of, well, what if there's somebody who I am you know, I've had a not great experience with or, you know, whatever the situation is, um, or yeah. I don't want to be the only person of color or the only um, LGBTQ or neurodiverse or, like, whatever it is. Um, so, yeah, like, I, I hear I hear that. Um, thank mm-hmm. you, and Anne. Anne says it's been awesome to have that casting process. Thank you. Uh, she cast an amazing, amazing uh, group for her show. Um, I want to go... Back to the beginning. How did yeah. you become a nerd?
1: Uh, I came by it naturally, um, in that it was organic. I grew up, so I grew up in Saudi Arabia because my dad works in the oil and gas industry, and there really wasn't that much to do. And so I fell into the classic trap of escapism. And uh, just started strong. I, I started out because like we didn't have libraries or anything. I basically started out reading anything I could get my hands on, which in large part was this like secondhand set of childcraft encyclopedias that somebody who was moving back to the US was leaving behind and I I read every volume cover to cover multiple times just because I was so desperate for reading material and um, I because of that like I kind of tried all the genres, and just eventually found myself gravitating more towards fantasy. A big uh, influence in terms of fantasy. Before my parents moved to Saudi Arabia, they they knew that they weren't going to have like any media, so they recorded a bunch of movies and TV shows and stuff on Betamax. Sure. How long this was, and took them with us. And so those were kind of a lot of the media I had access to. But in there were the Hobbit cartoon. And the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe cartoon, right. and then I think I think we also had like Golden Child, so there was oh and the, and Labyrinth, so all wow, of these things God. I grew up watching over and over and yeah. over again, and so um, it's just uh, I've been watching fantasy as long as I can remember watching anything, That's so uh, but yeah, and then then once I moved and had access to books like the one of the first things like uh i then i read a lot of goosebumps and fear streets so i went into the horror route and then like when we'd come here over the summer and i had access to the library and as many books as i wanted to check out my god i just i just running through anything i could get my hands on so it was it was it was a very organic thing and then of course by the time i got older um You know, the the series that shall not be named uh, came in my life in a very big way. But more importantly, got me started with online role playing because, uh, once again, I was still in Saudi Arabia and allowed me to write with people on the Internet. And so I started doing a lot of. uh, So my roots are in role playing wise are in written RP. And then I slowly over time switched to actual plays once. um a I found people to play with and the hobby started becoming more inclusive
0: I I think that is that is so cool we have the women that I've interviewed take like like one of a couple different paths books and movies almost always play into it and it's either like the fantasy path or the sci-fi path yeah and and there are a couple that's like yeah do whatever um but like or the the other path was um, it was forbidden. Satanic panic in my house. Ah. It was all forbidden, and I I loved it all for the taboo of it all, you know. And like I hid it, and my friends supported my habit, and like that kind of <laughs> thing. So, so yeah.
1: I mean, technically, it I was mean... forbidden because I was in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Although you know how I said I didn't have access to the library. The nerdiest thing I've the nerdiest accomplishment in my life was starting a informal book trading library with my classmates in the fifth grade so we didn't have access to all these books but you know we'd all go back to India because I was at the Indian school in Saudi Arabia um, and we would bring back books into the country and so I don't know I I got obsessed with horror and I started reading Fear Streets and so my friends and I we started like a trading library and in order to join you had to bring in one of the books that was not on our list and then we just circulated it and everybody read everybody's books because what are you gonna do
0: that's um yeah that no that's exactly what you do you 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 know necessity is is the mother of all invention i love that i think that's <laughs> yep. amazing i was talking with Najra on the very first episode she's from columbia and she mm-hmm. was talking about, you know, obviously like an extremely heavily Catholic country and they were very limited in what they could get. And so what they could get was often like an Italian um, or mm. like coming over from Europe rather than coming down from the States. Um, and yeah. so like the games and stuff that she had access to were were often coming from there. Um, and Yeah, you, you just, you do what you have to to like, <laughs> to fill those needs in yourself. And I love that you yeah. were supporting other people to also become nerds. Um, well, I was
1: kind of strong arming them into it because we were also the popular kids. And we're like, if you want to be in our book club, you got to commit. The
0: popular it... kid book club. That's... Oh, yeah. That is a...
1: Reading was cool. We you made reading what? cool.
0: That would be a hell of a game. Like a, like a kids on bikes uh, popular kid book club, I think would be such a good... There you go. There's an idea for somebody to stream. <laughs> um, I like it so much. Um, so so then what was your first experience in TTRPG? What what were those like?
1: So I had a lot of friends in college tell me that like I should play d and I would love it because of all of my interests in life. Yeah. But I could never get a I could never be around I never was around people who did it and so Finally, my first time playing, so my first time watching A Tabletop was when I was visiting a friend, and she had Critical Role on, and I was like, wait, this is, and I was like, oh, you know, this was very early days, I was like, oh, this is cool, this is streaming. Um, But then that friend, plus a bunch of other online friends who wrote together, we decided to do, because none of us could get a campaign going in person, we decided to do a campaign over, goodness, I believe it was Skype. Hey, so we did a virtual campaign over Skype. Um, it didn't last very long just because we were kind of all over the place um, time wise. And this was when I was still in Big Law, so I just had very little time generally. But that kind of started, like, kindled that flame of getting to play in person and then, not in person, getting to play um, myself. Right. And it just kind of started steamrolling from there i i joined my first actual play stream in we started talking about it at the end of 2018 and start it's it went up in january of 2019 right. so that was when i that was like my first time being on the internet playing and never stopped right
0: and so so you were like well before the pandemic and you watched Like, I I assume you watched over the course of the pandemic it, like, really take off in a big way. I know that, Mm -hmm. I mean, I know obviously a ton of actual plays existed, like your own. um, But, yeah, like, I I can just imagine when people were home and desperate for connection and to to have those experiences. That has been a really common thread um, with people that I've talked to, with the women that I've talked to. So you started with D&D. What other game... Is that what you said? You started with D&D?
1: I well, to so it actually... The person... Well, I started watching D&D. So D&D was what I was most familiar with. But the first that short-lived campaign we did was actually GURPS. Hey. Because the uh, DM really wanted to try it. So we're like, yeah, okay, right. it's fine. Um, was but your but DM... That was,
0: Sorry, I don't mean, I you do, I'm clearly I'm interrupted. I can't say I don't mean to interrupt. I'm too excited, and I can't stop. No, me. no, no, it's totally fine. Was your DM a hardcore nerd? Like, GURPS is, is like us. is GURPS was a lot. That's all. Was we a lot. It was. Mm-hmm.
1: It was, and that's one of the reasons why it kind of didn't work for us, because we were remote GURPS. Right. It takes so long to do things in GURPS that it, when you are remote, it... It starts to, f- it, especially in battle, it just starts to fizzle out, mm-hmm. like, because you can do so little on your turn that yeah. it's, and especially if, you know, everyone's neurodiverse, which I mean, so many of us are, yeah. uh, it's hard to hold attention. And so that, that one kind of, I still have the book somewhere, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to revisit that just because I like the, I'm so used to the action economy of other systems yes. that, um. Yeah, one second is just hard. But that was that was for a couple months, and then I moved on to DD. The first campaign I was ever in, streaming wise, was a Pathfinder campaign. It was still first edition. The second edition wasn't out yet. Again, um, like
0: a, like a real meaty system.
1: That one I was lucky though because I was with a lot of people who knew what they were doing. Um, Pathfinder luckily had programs that helped. I played a a, a magus which. Was so intense, but I programmed in all of my attacks and everything into Roll Twenty, into all macros, right. and so I could just yeah. press a button. And I had no idea how anything was calculated after the first time I put it in there. It was great,
0: but but it worked. And you had
1: have- it worked because I pressed the button. It was very. And my friends helped me like do all like the calculations. So I don't actually know how any of that worked. They just told me, okay, this is the calculations. I typed it into a macro, and I was like. Yeah see you again, never. Yep. <laughs> and so that was good. Yep. Yeah, exactly. That was that. So that was wonderful. Cause like, you know, Roll20 existed already by that point. Um, we had, what did we play on? We played on discord. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. discord, uh, so we had discord. Luckily, I mean, it all ended up going well for me because I already had all of my streaming equipment before. Right. The pandemic and like the you know the mad run on webcams and yeah. mics and everything. Yeah, yeah. So we were all set up and we already had the knowledge of how to do this re- uh, remotely and on Twitch before any of this went down. So that was right. that that ended up being a blessing in disguise. And but yeah, since then I have played everything under the sun.
0: I, so that's what I was gonna ask is like, what are some of your favorite systems and why? Because like. You know, what What do you look for in a game? Are you, obviously, that you're an excellent role player. Is that the first thing you're looking for when somebody comes to you and pitches an idea? Like, what, what are you looking for? What are your favorite systems to make that happen?
1: So I am pretty system agnostic at this point. because So one of the shows that I have been pretty involved in on uh, Manapot Studios, the same channel where I started out, is Flights of Fandom, where we do different fandoms about every month sometimes we do a one-shot month so it's every week oops my earring just fell out of my ear that's (laughs) exciting uh but it the reason I like it is because we pick different systems every single time to fit whatever fandom we're in that's cool um one of the systems we've been using a lot is a, a hack of scum and villainy, which is a hack of Blaze in the dark right. that one of the people that uh, that David who's in our community and a game designer he made. And, you know, we've used it for star Wars. We've used it for I'm pretty sure. We use it for a firefly. We've used it for all yeah. sorts of things, whether or not they involve space. So like in terms of systems, I'm okay with powered by the apocalypse, blazing the dark and adjacent systems because I like that they are not as crunchy and they allow for more storytelling. And I do, um, tend to lean more towards RP, but I do like good battles every now and then. Cause it's, a, you know, it's just fun to hit things.
0: It, it's fun. Right. I'm, I'm with yeah. you on that. I, um, I had been very D specific because mm-hmm. like I work two jobs. Plus I run this Twitch channel with, with my founders yeah. And, and as hard as it is to run a Twitch channel by yourself, running it in committee is, like, it takes so much more effort and, you know. and all yeah. Of you yeah. know how it goes. Trying to figure it out. Um, and and so I was just, like, a little bit terrified of learning other rule systems. d did not come super, although I started with, like, fifth. I mean, I had played, like, 3.5. It was a horrible experience. Fifth edition was so much better for so many reasons that I love about the game. and. Mm-hmm. And so I was really nervous to try other systems. And I don't know if you know Tavernot. He Mm-mm. he did um, a Texas Trans RPGathon. RPG a thon. And he had me in for a Blades of the Dark one-shot. And I was like, well, I can do anything in a one-shot because you don't really yeah. have to pay attention to the rules in a one-shot. You just come in as yeah. a compelling character and the DM kind of makes things happen. That's why I love one-shots. And, um, and, and I ended up really falling in love with Blades in the Dark and, like, the messy success system. And there's...
1: Yes. Like,
0: come on. Like, like it's a good, story RP. Like, as storyteller... There's so much that you can do with that, um, and then he talked me into a Scum and Villainy. So we're nice. so we turned the one shot of Blades in the Dark into a series, and then we're gonna do a, a, a Scum um, nice. and Villainy. Nice. And I'm excited. I'm excited to try it. But it helps that I trust the person running yeah. it to like know that I'm not gonna know all the rules, and they're not gonna make yeah. me feel bad about that. Like I think that helps also.
1: The, um, the other thing that helped was I went to Gen Con in 2019. Are you and going this year? I I'm not going this year. I can't because I don't know when I'm going to have to go to Australia. Oh, fair. So, um got to save my coins for that. Uh, but I when I went in 2019, I it was my first time, but I had friends that had been going regularly. So, I just asked them what they were doing and kind of followed them and they definitely they were very much of the like we try playing all of the game systems we're interested in. Right. So, that's what I did. I didn't play a single D&D game. I didn't say play a single Pathfinder game. All I played at Gen Con were systems that were new to me. And it was amazing. And I had so much fun. I played several Magpie games. I played, I I don't even know what I played, but I played so many different things that, and in such a short time, and in exactly like you said, in that one shot system, you know, with convention tables, they're designed to be pick up and play. And that was so wonderful to not have the expectation of knowing the system in any sort of way, not have to go through the character generation or anything, just getting there and seeing how well a story you can tell like, uh, and how comfortable you feel. And then, you know, from that, because, of course, a lot of Magpie games are uh, powered by the apocalypse. So I didn't even know what the system was, but I went there. I was shown how to play. I played and we ended up telling some beautiful stories. And then, you know, in retrospect, I was like, okay. I love the system this is based on because it is very like you know you can go for 45 minutes without rolling which i know some people hate but if if you're doing juicy rp i'm totally for that right
0: right and well and that's something i know i know you said earlier before we were live that you're that you haven't been a dm that that's not part
1: of your I've dm'd once but I'm it's far. not my thing
0: it's not your. <laughs> you yeah,
1: know I'm not a dm that's that's for sure uh I tried <laughs> it was yeah I tried it was and it was great because it was on his channel it doesn't exist anymore but the whole purpose of that was to invite people who are new to d new to tables new okay. to dming and everything and so I played uh I ended up dming for the first time ever so I just did like a, a pre-made module Hi. for an all esl table it was Wonderful. Amazing. I had a great time, but I don't think DMing is my strong suit. Sure. So, I, I tried it. I loved it, but not as much as I love playing. So.
0: But you got to try, right? You got to try. Yeah. One of the That's things, what I thought. <laughs> yeah. And and I'm, you know, and what a good like what a cool table to DM for. What one of the things that almost all of the women who are DMs that I've talked to have said is the dice are another player and the DM's job is to support the players to tell a good story. And so if the dice mm-hmm. aren't helping tell that story, they don't get to participate anymore. And I just I really love that way of like thinking about, you know, the yeah. dice. sometimes sometimes it's cool to have that critical fail. And like, oh, and it causes a lot of dramatic tension in a way that you oh, weren't yeah. expecting. But also sometimes the dice shouldn't get a say.
1: And... yeah i i definitely was not one of those dms i am that well i mean we i roll online so like there's no fudging of roles when you as a, as sure. a player but yeah no i definitely fudged roles as a dm because we were starting a level one to three campaign like right. i'm not going to punish a player who has seven hit points and take them out and have them roll a whole new character mm-hmm. when it's a um when the entire series was planned to be six weeks long Right, right. Like I, you, you don't want. And these people, we worked really hard to create these characters. Right. You know, I'm not gonna. Everyone was so attached to them; they barely got to scratch the surface of storytelling. I was like, no, we're doing an ESL ESL table for new players, new DMs. Everybody, I believe, was first time streaming. I'm not gonna right. make them have to go through all of that again. That's that's terrible. <laughs>
0: Uh, I did kill, I did, uh, full disclosure, I did kill a character, a first-level character, on our second stream um, for what was going to be a long-term campaign. Uh, but they were, none of them were, well, one of them was new to the system, but had been a long-time, like, Vampire the Masquerade players. So yeah. I kind of understood that it was not outside of the realm of possibility also it was they rolled a natural one on their death save and it oh, was okay. already like a reincarnation mechanic within their character backstory so yeah you know like, that's
1: different for sure just, but no and you can't is, fudge that role
0: <laughs> no no but my god is giving me shit in the chat about it so uh i just thought i'd give people context that yeah i i am i did i did that was me i killed somebody so. well
1: yeah reincarnation like I think that's also different because reincarnation is on the table. Also, it really just depends on the table and the safety mechanics that you've put in place beforehand. And we had not discussed um, it. like We had not gone in knowing that it could be a potentially fatal campaign. So I also wasn't going to pull that out on them without advance notice.
0: (laughs) So, So that brings me to a question that isn't on my sheet of questions, but I always like bringing it up. I always like asking when it comes up is what are some of the best safety tools that you play with or that you have seen other people play with?
1: So safety tools wise, uh, the best I have ever seen is actually in one of my long-term campaigns that I'm in right now, which is a horror campaign. And like, it is meant to scare you, right? Like I, I think I would, if you've ever read Emily Carroll's work um, the campaign has a lot of the same vibes, but you know, we work hard with our DM to make sure that we're only going into things that are scary that are not on anyone's lines and uh, right. veils. So, we did the RPG safety um, yeah. checklist at the very beginning of the campaign, yeah. Yeah. but then we revisited it because as things go on, you realize, like, hey, you know, I never thought about that but I that actually makes me uncomfortable but we have taken breaks for safety work mid campaign um we always have um like xnno going on in the chat in the background and so yeah we've we've uh and it's also it also helps that I really trust the table that I can we can be like hey this is a very intense thing can we take a break right check in with each other um the other another horror podcast that i'm uh working on recording the fear and lemon color one we also well that one's not we're pre-recording those sessions because they are going to be the podcast is going to be edited but yeah we are constantly doing safety work once again even when it's just like a very intense emotional scene we are like doing X and o in the background because it is a lot and um so for my Strange Hunger's campaign, even though uh, n- nobody it's an all-queer table and nobody's a cis male at that table, um, characters are playing cis men. Uh, 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 the players are playing cis men. So they will be like, oh, goodness.
0: JJ, <laughs> uh, this is, if you, if Pooja, if you haven't played with JJ yet, you have to at some point. She's kind of newish to the scene, but she is the bestest of people. Oh. Uh, she doubled just now our subscriber. We we hit affiliate in our first 30 days, which was only last week, actually. That's so sweet. Uh, and at, JJ, thank you so much. Thank you so much. That's incredible. Um, So kind. You were talking about safety tools. <laughs> yes. Uh, I just got
1: distracted because the chat just went whoo. took off.
0: Um, safety yeah. tools. Yeah. So tell me about XNNO and O, because I don't know that I've heard that one before
1: oh okay so x and no, the x card everybody knows what an x card is that's like a total like this is a stop sign we are stopping what we're doing in its spots and just completely uh what we'll sometimes do is we'll go to break if we need to if it's not clear what is being xed or we'll just change the scene or something and i think of it it's X and an O, to me, is also kind of... It goes along with uh, red light, yellow light, green light. Right. So the X is a red light. Right. N is a yellow light. And then O is okay, or a green light. Okay. Um, so, you know, in the podcast, we can do them with hand signs or just type them in the chat. It's just one letter. It's shorter than typing red, right. green, yellow. Uh, but what what I was saying is what I really appreciated in my game is that we had a character playing a very, like, large, imposing stoic man right. and um sloan who plays uh who plays him would you know came came to us and says like hey you know there might be forms of aggression that are masculine coming out i want to make sure and they're not going to be directed at anybody in game but i want to make sure that everybody's okay with that and you know that's just so mindful of the fact that a lot of people have right. trauma stemming from aggression from incredibly large physically overpowering men and we want to make sure that that is something that everyone is comfortable with portraying and being around and so like that kind of safety level I know some people are going to be like that's so excessive this and that but our policy at this table because we are going into horror we are going into things specifically designed to press the characters buttons we're very much of a like you know it's like get consent on the front end don't surprise people you can surprise people in character without having to surprise them in a bad way as players and that's always that's kind of the line that we're always trying to think trying to toe is secrets what secrets should not be kept from players right but can still be secrets on screen yeah
0: i i really respect that so much um it's It's so, and I I think the other piece is that that really supports all kinds of players, not just people who have that trauma, but, like, for for neurodivergent, I'm on the autism spectrum, for people who are neurodivergent with, like, social struggles, Mm -hmm. it's hard enough to feel like I'm missing cues as a human. It really triggers me if I feel like my character is being gaslighted or is missing cues as part of the bit. You know, yeah. Um, and so, you know, like having that open and honest communication is so critical for me to continually feel safe at a table. Um, and I think the thing that that I have struggled with, and and that is so unique to this new world that we find ourselves in in the pandemic is, it's one thing to be sitting around a table with your friends, even if you're like slightly uncomfortable saying, Hey dude, that, that sucked. Um, yeah. You know, you probably still can do it. Or at least if you walk away and ignore them for the next week, they know that they've done something wrong. But if you only know these people online and the only time you talk is like the five minutes that you're setting up tech before the stream, they might not know that you're upset at them. And so there was two things that you pointed out that I really liked. The first is lines and boundaries change over the course of a game And not just because of who we are, but also because of, like, the bleed from the characters that we play. Yeah. So because it affects my character, it might affect me in a different way than I thought it was going to. Or I didn't think about it, and now it does affect me. So that ongoing check-in of the safety, I really love that. Um, As a DM, I send an anonymous check-in at about the half, especially in my limited series, about the halfway mark. Just Mm -hmm. to be like what is our table doing good, but what is what can our table do better? Do you feel respected as a player? Do you feel respected mm-hmm. as a character? Is there, you know, is there anything going on that we could be proactive about, you know? Yeah. Um, and, like, soliciting that anonymously and then, like, mm-hmm. not being a dick and going and looking for the person who put something that you may not yeah. agree with. Like, you know, but, like, taking it honestly. Um, and you said something else that was super brilliant, and I got sidetracked, so... I
1: don't know. It happens. happens, um. Well, and I think I think safety tools are. That's why they are so important. And especially when you are going to a new table. Like, if I'm going to go to a new table for a one shot or anything. Like, unless it is something where it's strictly like, like I was in a one shot where we were just a bunch of kobolds causing chaos, uh, and that was the whole point of the charity sure. stream. Like, that's one thing. But if I'm going to be in like a any sort of other storytelling, right. like if there's no safety work done beforehand, that is concerning to me. And what my DM did for this uh, horror game, because I didn't really know anybody else at the table coming in, was that um, he combined uh, all of our safety sheets into one thing, and then they sent it out to everybody. And so it was an anonymous sheet. Now, as we've updated it, we have been a little bit more comfortable. So, like, one of the things that came out was... Um, I have a fear of deep water Mm -hmm. and I was just like you know what I don't really want my character to have to think about like worry about like running out of air or not knowing how to swim to the top like that's just not a a position I want to be in but I had never put it on a safety checklist because it's not one that was on there and it's not one that I had thought about right well, like you know on the second round of safety updated sheets that went around i did add it in and immediately a player was like hey i don't know who put this in there but i have there's not drowning in my character's past but there is some sort of like water situation is that okay but i felt comfortable enough at the table to be like hey that was me right. and my right. issues are only around my own character not anybody else Yeah. so you know that's all that's totally fine and then you know the dm was like maybe we can get her get my character a tattoo that's just gonna allow her underwater breathing right. and so like take that off the table for all on. future encounters
0: i i love that dm so much because it doesn't honestly trauma doesn't have to
1: exist in like it doesn't mm, yep mm-hmm. um I think yeah, so. and, and and they're gonna they're gonna design things. It's a horror campaign. They will design things meant to freak out my character. But it's sure. gonna be things that I'm okay with them. Her, yes. You know, with her being freaked out about not things that I specifically are uh, I am not comfortable with. Yes,
0: well, and that so she would be freaked out by like you. There there is a little bit of a thrill when like you you get that little bit of tension for yourself. Also, yeah, you also need to sleep that night exactly. and feel good the next mm-hmm. day. So, um, yeah, I I just. We, it's something we put a lot of thought into when we, cause we have 14 shows in production and most mm-hmm. of the people we really like to, to ask our DMs to like maybe cast some people that they don't normally play with to get a good diversity, yeah. and get a good mix. But that means that, like, as founders, we get ourselves involved in session zero. So we look at the consent and safety list. We check in with players beforehand, not to, like, cut out the knees of the DM, but just to help facilitate that relationship building. So, you know, I'll be able to say, oh, this person has marked eyeballs as their thing. This is the very specific reasons around it. And if anybody else has anything, you know, you can message me privately right now and I will speak to it with my voice Um, And so that you don't have to until you feel comfortable with this group that you can. It has been really successful. And I know from myself from playing that there have definitely been times where I have not said anything because I didn't want to be the uncool kid who, like, had this thing. So having somebody be that voice who then isn't going to be necessarily in the campaign, but is somebody Mm -hmm. who can be there to be a safety double check, I think, from a channel perspective it's been
1: so different for me to think about it from this perspective. Yeah. And that, that's wonderful because yeah, you go over at the front end, then it just doesn't need to be in the campaign. Yes. A, we're playing in these completely open imaginative worlds. Why would we be, yeah. if, if, if we know something is off the table in the beginning, there is nothing stopping us from doing literally anything else. Yes.
0: And, and that's like the whole thing around people being upset about the, the wheelchair. Like, you believe in dragons and fireball, but but a, a wheelchair that hovers is what's going to That be-
1: That is too much suspension of disbelief. I mean, like, th- okay, those people, they're just not making arguments in good faith, you know? It's no. just like, whatever, go
0: but, away. But you know what? <laughs> Find your best table. That is, that is one of the other big things we keep saying is, like, don't sit at a table you don't love. Because find a table you really even if you're just like man this table's okay maybe go find a table you really love um, and those people there's there are a lot of jerky uh, dick filled tables out there and they can find a table they love they don't have to sit at mine that's but, but it's,
1: down at it. it just reminds me of a tweet that that was saying that um, I forget that this hobby is filled with like. cis straight grandnards because of all the tables that I play with and it's true Mm -hmm. like we've created like you know at least online like the community that I see and I'm a part of is just it's so welcoming it's so diverse it's so focused on all types of inclusivity and safety that I for I literally forget what it's like out there in the big scary world like walking into a, a comic book store yeah or a gaming store and the Uh, things you're gonna face there
0: right um we yeah twitter is not the public sphere you can create your space you really yeah and you should um like shade the other day posted a picture of like snoop dancing at the super bowl and she was like the block button is free don't yeah like it's there they put it in there for a reason you should use that that's it doesn't cost you Curate your space. Curate your piece. Yeah, that was something that for sure. To me one, and I was like, yeah, that I feel that. Um, okay, it is definitely time for everybody's favorite piece of this. Can you show us some of your favorite dice and like, sure,
1: when you got them and I can. Um, well, the first dice I have to show, I don't know where the camera because they were a gift from my fiance, but it is this um, if you put hollow. Your, if
0: you put like your hand behind it, sometimes it shows.
1: <gasps> They're so
0: pretty.
1: So it's a completely hollow uh, D20 set. And they have like the kind of rainbow sheen. Like the oil.
0: Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Oil slick. Oil slick. But they're,
1: um, because they're hollow, the whole set is hollow. They're really lightweight and fun to roll. Nice. And, and they you roll pretty read well. the
0: numbers. For- yes. I have a and set they re- of slick. they roll slick, really one well for me. I can't read the numbers on them. So they sit on my shelf looking pretty
1: yeah this is a 3d printed golden dye. this one you're not going to be able to read just because the lights are going to be all funky uh this one i ended up taking a silver sharpie to the numbers myself Mm -hmm. to have it be uh legible but i do love it because i love hollow dice like they're just great um let's see what i have this one's this one a friend gifted me Okay, this is a Dispel Dice from the Kickstarter. And my friend Des is just an incredible human and sent me an entire set because she Aww. loves me. And it's stunningly beautiful. I like, mean, no camera will do it justice.
0: Really. Dispel Dice really
1: knows their stuff. I know. Just they there, like, mesmerized. Oh, while I was going through my dice duffel, I found these... These little dice duffel. Uh, Did
0: everybody hear? She said dice duffel.
1: She's not lying. I said dice duffel. It's, it's
0: um. She went and it's got pretty it. heavy.
1: Mm-hmm. It's it's not exactly a duffel, but it's very heavy. And it's definitely a weapon. Um, I love it. Mm-hmm. I had I got this um custom made off of an artist on Twitter and I love it so much. It's so, uh, so And it has, it It does have like, so I, it was great because I got to pick the outside fabric. I got to pick the inside lining. And it has um, enough compartments for all of my different types of dice. And, okay, so this is, this is, this is a diehard dice. Uh, hold on. I, it's been a, okay. These dice split into two and have a very strong magnet and so i have the paladin set which is golden and the inside is like the you can't really see it's it's white on the inside with gold numbering it's very legible in person and then uh the other other set i picked up was the monk ones because I just thought those blue is incredibly beautiful.
0: With like the, is it like a copper? Or is it like a rose gold?
1: Yeah, it's like copper. Oh, but so what I love funny. about this is that I can attach the
0: dice. Come the apart. Dice. They're magnets and they come apart, and you can. They come them. apart.
1: So this is they call these their multi class class dice, and I love them <laughs> uh-huh. um, because they're also stim toys for me right. at the table because i just sit there playing with the clicky clack magnets ah. yeah oh <laughs> <laughs> look look a girl's yeah. gonna pop
0: i i hear that um G, is it just the no, d20s? I got one last thing
1: yeah it's just a d20s uh. that i got because um but they spent a lot of time getting I and mean, engineering those, those to cool. roll yeah
0: and that's diehard dice you said
1: that is, also, that is Die Hard Dice. And the last okay. thing I'm going to show you is also Die Hard Dice. So I was recently... I still am in a long shot on the Total Party Kiss Network uh, that's run by Super Dylan. Yeah. And uh, oh, it's Super the Vampire of the Master. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Love, 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 love. Um, but it's... Uh, so he's a Dice affiliate with Die Hard Dice and so right. was able to get us these dice, which... Um, my green screen's gonna mess this all up, but they are glow in the dark what? uh d10s for our vampire the masquerade yes. campaign uh, and this is their reg- their dice light that if you plug it on this side it has the black light and if you plug it on this side it just has a regular light right and this dice trace all die hard dice and the glow in the dark dice are just so freaking cool. I have a video on my on my Twitter if you go to my media it's not that far yeah. back of That's- me just rolling them. They're so stunning. And the dice light is genius because I know I know a lot of people like myself end up having just lights on our face right. and most right. of the lights in our room are off right. when you're playing. And so being able to see your dice easily is wonderful. It's huge. It is so cool. Yeah. But yeah, glow-in-the-dark dice. Like, glow oh, it's in It's the just dark not going to work. It's not going to work with
0: my green screen. From Die Hard <laughs> Dice with the black light module. Like, that's... That is... Okay, that's pretty cool. That's
1: pretty Yeah nice. the clip-on the clip-on light is just really smart generally. It's it's a magnetic clip. It can clip to any dice tray. Like that's, I said, this side is the is just regular white light. Yeah. So yeah, that that's that, that's just to light up your dice rolls
0: during your games. That's that's pretty that's that's pretty tight. Uh die hard dice. Yeah. Uh my mod will pop the pop the link in chat. Um yeah. I, I warned you pre-stream that I would ask, like, what is an NPC that you have come across as a player that you really love, like the thought or the intention or just the interaction? What's what's a memorable NPC you've, you've encountered?
1: One of uh, the favorite NPCs I've encountered is um, in my Strange Hungers campaign, my dm they created a uh, a character that was just meant from the beginning to be a comfort character okay. and so uh her name is beloved she's uh a she's a trans woman she's a pink-skinned tiefling but she is the nicest sweetest kindest character and it's very interesting because what i love about a good npc is I love a divisive NPC. So this character came in and was super friendly and super kind and super sweet, but it was also really fun watching a host of reactions to somebody who is that. Um, you know, you had the the our our elf wizard who is much older than everybody else in the party and has a very hard life and is just instinctively distrusting of everybody. On one end of the spectrum, who is just like, I know. I know people like you. I don't trust people like you. And then on the polar opposite end of the spectrum is my character, who I deliberately am playing a very young, not world-wise um, noble who's like kind of on her first adventure like everybody else in the party already has like backstory and lore and it's like my character's out to get lore because she hasn't done anything yet, and so her interaction she's just like oh my god it's somebody who's who's so sweet and so nice and like why wouldn't i give somebody the benefit of the doubt the first time i met them like you know her her view on life is like people have to lose my faith like i'm not just going to distress people on at the get-go and it's just watching a good npc kind of pull those threads out and i just i just that is just such good dming i mean i could write love mail to alex forever they're a genius but yeah just watching npcs who are designed and the only way you can get to designing npcs that way is to know your table well know where their boundaries are know these characters well know what make them tick um and so that's just, it's just really, really fun to have what, you know, seemingly is a, just a, a really nice person pull out these strong emotional reactions out of people. And so, like, I, I, so there, there's never like a specific kind of NPC that I'm attracted to, but I love NPCs that are deliberately designed to not cause issues, but, it's it's rp fodder right because you can really get into like there's so much discussion that just came out of this one interaction for all of our characters and it allowed us to get to because you know our characters didn't know each other we got to get to know each other better we got to know what makes each other tick and it's really cool that like one npc can bring out so much character work i i love that so much um
0: what? Who are some of the other inspirations? Either like when you were starting out, or that that inspire you now, or new up and comers. Shout out anybody who you would like to. My this is when I put my mod to to the real work. Uh, she oh, moves, okay. Everybody. So you put as many people on this. Let me also. I I always throw this disclaimer. I don't prep my guests for this question. <laughs> so if they. If, if you are a deeply meaningful person and they have forgotten to mention you, that's on me. That is not, this is, there is so much pressure. Like I literally saw sweat pour off somebody's face a couple weeks ago. This, oh, no. is, this is this is not a reflection on you and your relationship with my guest. This is, that this is a hard question and there is so many people who pop to people's minds. So um, yeah. I just throw that disclaimer out there. Uh, but carry on. All of the inspirations that you would like to to shout out.
1: So, inspiration-wise, i I always have been. I've always gravitated more towards being inspired by my peers versus, Mm -hmm. you know, the upper echelon of an industry. I I love that. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, what I love is. Um, as I spent more time in this space, I have gotten to know so many more people and like everybody 100% has their own way of telling stories and is unique and every table I've been at has been different. But, you know, I will say a lot, most of my favorite work that I'm doing right now has been on the total party kiss network and so i'm just gonna shout out everybody involved that includes everybody with my strange hunger games that includes dylan and other people that i haven't had a chance to play with yet but will in the future and the reason for that is they i'm kind of on the upper i'm kind of the old person well not just me, some other people, I'm not going to shout out other people's ages, but there's, a, there's a lot of youth, a lot of young talent and hunger from all of the people around me. And that is just, it's just so inspiring. And, you know, I know a lot of people get inspired from, like, people who have achieved a lot, but I also get inspired by that thirst, by that drive, by that desire to, and the ability, like, these folks like i truly believe have the power to change the industry and have the talent to do so and like that is so inspiring to me to be around that kind of energy mm-hmm. like it's it's i mean i <laughs> i quit a my first big career thing and moved on to a different one like i know what it's like to be jaded and to be burned out and so to be surrounded by people who aren't that is amazing and it's so beautiful and i do think that like there's a lot of that in the tabletop industry generally um we especially if you curate your following there's so much energy there's so much um Bringing for pulling friends up. I I know Dylan just posted about this recently, but they said that um, if they play with someone and they ask her for recommendations, you're gonna get a whole list. And like one of my other favorite people, KP, um, he's the same way. Like I, like there's so much. There's so many good people in this industry who will help pull people up with them, and that to me is beyond inspirational and definitely what i think everybody can aspire to do because i don't think that this is an industry where we're not competent competing with each other we're here to define this industry from the ground up it doesn't have This is the generation of people who are coming up in this brand new industry where there isn't really a a, a clean path. A lot of people who are popular in this industry were popular in something else, whether it was as Twitch streamers, whether it was as voice actors, video gamers, whatever. But we're creating this industry from the ground up, so there's no reason we can't do it together.
0: I I love that. One of my um, I, I started streaming with Vancouver by Night, like you know the channel, mm-hmm. like Vampire the Masquerade channel. Yeah,
1: um, yeah. Although I did
0: like D and D content on their channel, um, and Steve, who's the owner over there, and Joe, who I saw lurking in chat earlier, um, they are the hugest fans of a rising tide raises all boats, and mm-hmm. we are not going to do this together. Even if we could, we wouldn't want to because we don't want to produce all the stories. There's so many stories that need to be told. So give everybody a space to tell their stories. Like YouTube will save your episode for later, you know, like go and support somebody. I just, that has always really stuck with me. And and
1: I appreciate what you have said there. Um, Yeah. Oh, and I will say, for those who don't know, if you're watching a Twitch stream and you have other friends that are streaming, remember, even if you have another tab open that's muted, it gives them the view. So, support all your friends who are streaming at one time.
0: Stream, buy another, that's what I did. I bought a streaming rig, and so then I just leave my piece, or my Mac, just with 15 or 20 Twitch streams. Oh, so yeah, I have
1: like, well, I have a relatively new computer, and it can handle it, so I actually have like multiple Twitch tabs open right now, because, you know, give them the views. Give Give them Uh, the support. It costs nothing as long as it doesn't take your computer down. (laughs) I'm
0: 100%. That is that is excellent work. Um, I told you that this would be a quick hour. I hope it has been a quick hour for you. Yeah. Really at, like, the end. Um, I know. It's amazing. Uh, it, talk about yourself for a second. Where else are you going to be? What do you have coming up? Where can people find you?
1: All of those things. Sure. I had to pull up my calendar because it's the month of overcommitment. And sorry about all the itching. I got allergy shots right before this, oh. and I'm just so itchy. Oh. Um, the... Most exciting thing I'm going to be doing tomorrow is the one of the panels that is on uh, Transplaner's, uh channel, and it's going to be from three to four p.m. Central, so four to five Eastern, uh, and it's with a it's a host of amazing people. Let me get the name of the panel. It's the Making It Personal panel, um, and well. Uh, Anne's in there. She'll, she'll tell you all Anne's, about Anne's it. Anne's
0: here. Yes.
1: I, I believe she's moderating it. Is she? Right.
0: Anne, what are you doing?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I adore... You were talking a second ago about just that youthful energy that like keeps you going and keeps you from being jaded. Anne is that for me. She called me the other day. She was like, um, "Like, oh, you're just the big sister that I don't really." She's the oldest in her family. She was like, you're just the big sister I don't really have. And I was like... Thanks, no. thanks. I really needed that little sister. I need that energy, that love, and that acceptance. Uh it was it was very sweet. Um, she says she is moderating and came up yes. with the name for the
1: panel. So I'll let Anne put the details about that panel tomorrow, but I'm very excited about that. Um and then let's see, what else do I have usually going on every week? I have um I'm coming to the end of a Flights of Phantom stream for May. We did Star Wars, and so that's on so... Manapot Studios on Tuesday. You'll be able to find links to everything in my card, which, which I've seen has been... several times. Yeah, yeah so uh, please do come see that. Every other Wednesday, I'm on Nat1Fun's channel, playing Running Feywild, which is a long-form campaign set in the Feywild. It's, uh, so it's D&D 5E. That was the stream we ended up not doing yesterday, and we, we ended up pivoting like with two hours' notice. We did a mad scramble to put together a fundraiser instead because, well, um, multiple of us in that stream are in Texas. Several of us, uh, two other people are in the San Antonio area with kids who are school age. It was just, it was just too much. And so I was just like, hey, you know, we don't have to cancel if people want to just play Jackbox games. Um, yeah, we scrambled. I I will also plug the the charity that we raised money for yesterday at the end, but we, um, so yeah, it was, a, it was a lot of scrambling to research charities who were going to get the money to the people who need it, right. um, and we ended up raising over a thousand dollars with very little notice. So that was a little soothing balm on my soul. Yeah. Um, but that, that was on that one fund's channel, and that's where my running Wada campaign is. Um, Thursdays, I'm usually either uh, playing with Total Party Kiss or with wandering society and it's usually short form games and then saturdays i am every week on strange hungers the horror campaign that i was talking about and every other saturday right now over commitment is a middle my middle name right now i play um corporate raiders Mecton on praxagorathasmaphoria's channel but yes long links long names all of it will be in my card <laughs> Uh,
0: that is that is so excellent. Thank you so much for being my guest um, and for coming and, and talking to me. You mentioned Transplanar is doing this amazing series of things. That is who we're going to be rating. Uh, I think I, they have
1: another panel on right now. They're, it's it's they're about running horror. right now. It's
0: got Noir and Orion and Brandy and Ka- uh, Kappa and Aki is running it. So I'm super. The the name of the thing is called It's Our Villain Arc and I'm Yeah, already, like super intrigued. It's going to be excellent. Um, thank you so much for being my guest. Of
1: course, I'm so happy to be uh, here. Thank you
0: so much. Anytime, anytime. And um, thank you, thank you to all of our viewers. Thank you, JJ, for the incredibly sweet gift subs. Um, I appreciate you so much. We are uh, going to be back next week with Anne. Actually, is my guest Yay! next week. So look at that. Uh, thank you to everybody. Uh, these next few weeks are are great weeks like you and i have Haley bell coming up and that candace girl and and next week and then finway the teen dm like it it, it's gonna be bananas uh so fantastic um thanks everybody we will see you next week and uh give a follow if you're here um because girls run these worlds has 14 shows in production we will have something that you will like so yeah uh, thanks so much thank you Pooja. thanks for having
1: me i'm so happy to be here Oh, I loved it so much. Okay. uh. Hello again. Thanks for listening to another podcast brought to you by Girls Run These Worlds. We hope to see you again for the next one. In the meantime, don't forget to do all the clickety clacks that help us grow. Follow our socials for updates on when we go live and what tables we are bringing to you next time. Our socials are Girls Run These Worlds on Twitch, YouTube, Instagram, and Coffee, And Girls Run Worlds on Twitter. May the plot be ever in your favor.